He say, looking back, pressing forward. Say it again, looking back, pressing forward. That's what we want to talk about today as we end this year. I'm going to allow us the opportunity to look back a little bit at some of the accomplishments uh, of, that you have uh, put under our spiritual belts. I think it's important to do that, to, to look back and look and really see what God has done in and through our lives and then give him all the glory and help that and allow that to press us towards the purposes of God for our life. Now, in just a minute, I'm going to go through some of those things, but let me give you a tweetable tidbit today. How many of you, any Twitter, anybody tweet? You got any Twitter folks here? Uh, come on, be honest. Raise your hand if you tweet every once in a while. Every once in a while. I'm, I'm not a big Twitter guy, uh, uh, but hey, here's a tweetable tidbit for you and for uh, your family, uh, and really it could be a life lesson that you and I embrace, and it is this, our perspective about our past determines the progress of our future. The way we perceive the past, how, I, how what our perspective is about our past determines the progress in our future. How many of you want 2014 to be a, a progressive uh, growth uh, period in your life? Amen. It's important to understand that how you view the past determines what you'll do in your future. It's really true. And so we'll talk about that more. Uh, but let me just go through some of the things. I want you to hear this. In fact, uh, if you're a member of the church, you got this letter in the mail. It's the looking back, pressing forward letter. How many of you got the letter in the mail? Have you read it yet? Okay. I just emailed it to you again this morning. But in case you didn't get it in the mail and you're not on my email, I would like whosoever will to have a copy of this letter. Uh, and Ryan has them in their hand. If you did not get the looking back, pressing Pressing forward letter, uh, just lift your hand and, and, and there we go right there. Anyone else, just lift your hand. There you go. Ryan's going to give it to you. You can look at it later, uh, right, right over here. There we go. Just kind of uh, uh, take, put it away and I want to encourage you to, to read it in detail uh, a little later. And also if you'd like to be on our email, uh, uh, min, uh, membership uh, email, you can do that as well. Just uh, contact the office and we're happy to get that for you. So you've got that. I want you, even if you've read it, to go back and read it again. I'm just going to hit some of the highlights. One of the big accomplishments, as I mentioned earlier, this past year has been our, our foreign missions impact. And here it is, just briefly. Uh, this year we completed and dedicated the Dandora Project, which is a, a church building built in Dandora, Kenya, at the place where David and Jennifer that we just uh, prayed for, uh, where they began their ministry nearly hmm, uh, 27 years ago. I can't remember how long they've been there, but we built them, our church, listen, our church alone uh, built them this building, a $28,000 uh, investment. In fact, we were there uh, to be able to dedicate that new church building. Salome was there, Laurie was there, Ryan was there, I was there. We dedicated that new church building. What a great accomplishment. We made a difference in Dandora. Uh, and so, hey, I, I don't know if I can do this with everyone. Let's just give the Lord a great big praise right now. And just clap. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. 
This past year, even though it's been hard to drill water wells in Mexico because of the, the, uh, the temporary instability of the region, even though we were kind of limited in our capacity, this past year we drilled 14 water wells in Mexico and we also repaired 12 water wells in Mexico. That's just a great accomplishment, even in the face of some real adversity there that we're trusting and believing for. In fact, uh, in February, we've got a team going. If you'd like to go to Mexico with me, me the first week of first full week of uh, February we're going back things are better and we're going to keep poking holes in the ground and bringing fresh water to the needy people of Mexico so what a great accomplishment Uh, this past year we funded the installation of a plumbing system in a small orphanage in Atoyoc Mexico how many remember the Delfino project and so today Delfino and his gang uh, they have fresh running water we drill them a well we put in a pump uh, and so now that pump pumps they can actually flush a toilet. Somebody say amen. That's awesome. And so we did that this past year. We provided this past year funding for three major water wells in Africa. We helped the, the, the Hatleys drill three major water wells. The last one was in uh, uh, Miranda School, which was a, a, a home, uh, a, a government-run facility for, for handicapped and mentally challenged children probably 120 or 30 of them there, they had no running water. And they had to purchase their water. And it's very expensive. Today, as they come back from the holidays, they'll find fresh water coming out of the ground because you helped them drill a fresh water well. So we did that three different places. Uh, gosh, I wish I had time to talk about all of them. Uh, but it's just amazing uh, what, what fresh water does to the people of Kenya. We also provided school supplies for the Langata School there in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, if you remember, they had a fire and all their school supplies were, were lost. And we were able to help them with that. Uh, we also provided sheets and clothing for the Langata Children's Center there in Nairobi, Kenya. We took in extra bags when we went. It was a great blessing to them. Uh, We also even kind of as just my mark, our mark, pardon me, on the new church in Olorope Hill. Everyone say Olorope Hill. Man, Olorope Hill, Kenya. We were there when they were about half done with the construction of the church. And for the first time ever, they were building a bell tower because the people are all out in the, in the bush out there and they're going to ring the bell. They don't have electricity or anything. So they ring the bell to tell people it's church time. And, and I got so fired up and I said, uh, uh, I want to buy the bell. I said, no wait, Church on the Rock wants to buy the bell. And so we bought the bell and we raised money and I think it was $603 and we raised $604 or something like that. We bought the bell. And today, this morning, well, however their timetable, that bell was rung and people came to worship God in the new church there in Olorope, Kenya. It's the church uh, that uh, by and large the Maasai people there in that region go to. And then, just very recently, we sent all our missionaries a special Christmas blessing through our Christ to the World Christmas offering and blessed them. And then, as I mentioned earlier, this year we invested a total of over $104,000 in missions work around the world. Let's give the Lord some praise one more time. Amen. And locally, we're doing better locally. We want to do even better this coming year. But we did some great things. Some of the things which you may or may not realize that have been going on for years and years. This year, we ministered to thousands of prison and jail. Uh, Through our prison and jail ministry, we ministered to thousands of people. Where's Glenn and Linda at? Where's Glenn and Linda? There's Linda. Glenn's somewhere doing something. Let me just say, uh, this year is Glenn's 25th 
anniversary of ministering in the jails. That's amazing to me. As steady as she goes. And then Linda, of course, and others help. And, 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 and words and, and, hey, numbers cannot tell you how many people's lives have been transformed, not only this past year, but for the past 25 years. And so we thank Glenn for that. Uh, this year we touched hundreds of people through our involvement with the community-wide Last Days of Christ, which is a kind of an ecumenical effort. And many people always are born again, and we joined in with that and touched a whole lot of folks there. Uh, we also impacted numerous kids and young people through our VBS and summer camps programs. Man, I love VBS this year. It was phenomenal. A lot of kids got born again. And so we're excited about that. We impacted lives of hunt. Here, Where's Ryan? Ryan, where are you? Uh, whether you realize it or not, every first Tuesday of the month, uh, young adults, college and career types, uh, come together right here and they worship God and hear the word of God. And, and we've made a huge difference in that culture of our community. Uh, and hundreds of young people's lives and young adults' lives have been touched by the ministry of First Tuesday. And so we're grateful for that. Uh, and this past year, we developed a TV program called Encourage. Uh, that reaches all of Southeast Texas, and now it's being broadcast by way of church online all over the world. Uh, and so uh, we're making a difference through TV. I never would have dreamed that we would be doing that. Uh, but uh, for little or nothing, we were able to make a big difference. And it takes a while to be there before people began to uh, uh, see you and know you and understand you. So this coming year, we're, I'll share with you in a moment what our plans are, but we're beginning to make a difference there as well. This year, we've touched hundreds of children and families through our back-to-school partnership uh, with the city of Beaumont. Uh, I think 800 kids, Laurie, or somebody, I don't know, he had a... 800 kids, a lot of families, we were there, boots on the ground, giving out resources and loving them and sharing the love of Jesus with them. Uh, this year we supplied 18 families a complete meal for the Thanksgiving holidays. I want to thank you for that. And not only did we give them food for Thanksgiving, we gave them spiritual food. They got a Bible, they got a witness for Christ. Uh, and so what a great thing. And then just recently with our angel tree, we supplied Christmas gifts as well as the gospel and the love of God to 16 children whose parent or parents are incarcerated in the Texas prison system. Uh, and so we're making a pretty good difference here locally as well. Uh, and uh, we want to do better, but let's give the Lord some praise for that as well. Amen. I wanted you to know that we're making a difference because sometimes we come to church and we just get disconnected from the reality of all that we're doing. And for the size of church we are, I think we're making a huge difference. Uh, and so I want to thank you for that. Now, as we look forward, uh, one of the big things that I, I really, you're going to see and hear more and more of is our spiritual growth. My, the heart of God upon me is this coming year is for us to really kick in gear a whole new level of growing spiritually. Uh, and you're going to see as we go uh, opportunities to grow. In fact, when you subtract my weekly ministry to you throughout 2014, we have, I, I'm pretty sure when you throw in ladies ministry, but corporately at least 45 to 50 opportunities to grow spiritually in either Sunday school programs or small group programs 
where you can grow spiritually. And by the time we get it all set in place, you'll have an opportunity every week to, for God to do something dynamic in your life beyond just what Pastor Sam shares with you. Uh, our Sunday school last year was uh, wonderfully successful. Uh, and so we've got two more of those through the year. We'll talk about them more. But how many of you believe this year we need to grow spiritually? This coming year, we've got to kick in our spiritual growth plan. And so we're going to help you do that, but we can't, you know, we can lead you to the table, but we can't make you drink and eat. So we encourage you to really make a commitment. In fact, this year we're going to begin, as is our custom, uh, has become our custom, uh, with a 21-day emphasis on prayer and fasting. Everyone say prayer and fasting. And it begins uh, uh, on the January 1st, which is a Wednesday. And I want to encourage everybody to be here Wednesday night. It's our special prophetic prayer gathering. We're going to worship the Lord a little and then just begin to pray and set the tone for our new year at the place of prayer. I want you to bring your families. There will be, other than nursery, no child care. We're going to gather our families together and some of the leaders of our church and, and others are going to be praying and speaking the word of God over your family and set the course for God's will and plan to be realized in your life. Everyone say, when you pray and when you fast. Read Matthew 6 and you'll find that out. Now, the way we do this is, what, is what's become known as the Daniel Fast. Uh, you may or may not be familiar with it. We've got some resources for you. And here's what we have to begin your year because it'll begin this coming Wednesday. Uh, we've, we've got uh, three weeks of daily prayer guides and devotional for you corporate prayers that we're all going to be praying together every day, though you're praying where you are. And I want to encourage whether you're able to fast or not, uh, or whether that's kind of new to you or not, I want to encourage you to pick one of these up. In fact, uh, they're only going to be available here at the church, So, uh, and we've got a few. So uh, if you'd like one of these, lift your hand. We'll just get those in your hand right now. This might be more. Ryan, you might need somebody to help you. Uh, and Glenn, there's some others that are in the back of the the church. So get one of these and every day uh, you can pray a corporate prayer and then there's, a, then there's a, a new prayer for each day as well as a passage of scripture to help you begin your year rightly. There's also some Daniel Fast recipes and some websites and a brochure. Hey, if you've never done this, let me just encourage you to really consider it. Our whole family's doing it. Uh, it, it. It's kind of a challenge at times, but it's also kind of fun as well. And you say, what's the, what, it's not really a fast uh, if you're eating certain things and not eating others. Uh, well, all I can tell you is Daniel, at the close of his 21-day fast where he ate nothing but basically vegetables and things like of that nature, uh, the angels started showing up in his life. Amen? How many of you could use some angels? angelic intervention in your life in 2014. Somebody else, anybody else didn't get one, Ray, it's still right up here, Glenn. And so you take that, look it over later. Don't start reading it while I'm preaching here in a minute, uh, but you take that uh, and we'll continue to have them available to you. And so at sundown, really, on, on Wednesday night, Pastor Sam and hopefully many, many of you will be joining me uh, in prayer and fasting. And so our focus as we begin the year is spiritual growth and tuning in to God and getting his word and will established in our life and becoming bona fide disciples of Jesus Christ. How many of you want to, don't want to be milk toast in your spiritual life? So that's our future in 2014. 
And also, the second thing I want to say about pressing forward, I had a dream a few weeks ago. It was just a little snippet. How many of you have little snippets of dreams? You know, mine are not usually long, detailed dreams. And here in the dream, I heard uh, a voice, and I recognized it as an usher, uh, and or, you know, somebody, you know, ushering here at church. And this is the only thing I heard. Pastor, did you realize that we had over 400 people in church this Sunday? And that was the end of my dream. And I woke up going, hey, the Bible says old men will dream dreams. I'm taking that one. And I want us to dream big in 2014. And let's just let that be one of our dreams and one of our goals and really begin to cover that in prayer and just say, God, give us uh, not only spiritual growth, but numerical growth. Let us make a bigger difference in people's lives. Pardon me. How many of you know some families that need a church family? They need the touch of God on their life. And so let's do our part uh, and let's just continue to dream big. Tell three people we got to dream big in 2014. Amen. And then one more thing that's in, our, in the letter, it's our television ministry expansion. Uh, Pastor Ron, back in the middle of last year, when the opportunity came for us to, to, to take a slot on the local TBN station, he said this, after we talked about it a little bit, he said, I tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to film and edit your 30-minute program for absolutely no cost to you. Now, I'm telling you, that's an amazing thing. And the only cost we had was the, the weekly cost, I think it's $150 a week, to the local TBN station, which is pretty economical. But at the end of the year, uh, Pastor Ron said, now it's time to fly on your own. And I said, I think we can do it. And so here's where we're at. We need about $7,500 worth of TV camera equipment, which will not only work for the filming of our television program, but will also work wonderfully for the live streaming of our services, which we're going to do in, in this coming year. So uh, if you're in, in case you're ever sick, you can still tune in by way of the web and see us. Uh, and not only us, but people all over the world can see us. So for $7,500, we get camera equipment that is better than what Pastor Ron used to film our services uh, are our shows here, uh, right here in the sanctuary. So the new and improved version, uh, and it'll get us ready to roll. And then, of course, people who are willing to help. Uh, and so a great new ministry opportunity opening up for us, not only of outreach, but in reach, people be able to be a part. And so beginning, and we're going to start running reruns, I think, in January. So I had like 20-something shows done. We're going to run reruns, and hopefully by May... Uh, we have our camera equipment and all trained and we're actually doing all those things right here through our, through our in-house television ministry program. Isn't that pretty cool? Amen. So, so our bucket, which is not here, is going to become uh, the encourage bucket. So that's the story there. And I want to encourage you, if, especially if God blesses you with some windfall. Uh, hey, think about that. And let's get this equipment that will work for us in many, many different ways. It's not a one-faceted. Uh, uh, those TV cameras uh, can just help us in so many ways, doing in-house productions, all kinds of things. So I want to encourage you in that. And if you want to become a TV personality, we can video you and we'll put you on the church online. We'll do whatever we need to do to get the word of God out. So we're excited about that. And then finally, the financial uh, 
challenges. How many of you know it's always a challenge financially? I mean, nothing comes easy in this life. Uh, and so I want to encourage you this coming year to be faithful financially. As you know, uh, we, we are definitely a nonprofit organization. Uh, and uh, so there's, as you see in the bulletin, sometimes we meet our budget, sometimes we don't. This past year, more times than not, we did not meet our budget. And so uh, at the close of this year, barring whatever this offering was, uh, we're going to close out the year about $20,000 in the red in our general fund, which means we lean on other funds that are designated to keep things right. How many of you understand that? Uh, and it's not good to do that. That's just the way it goes sometimes. So I want to encourage you, uh, especially, hey, if you've got a special gift that you would like to get in before the end of the year, I can make that happen, even though we're not passing the buckets. But let's just really agree together that this coming year, we don't operate in the red, we keep operating in the black, and we keep expanding the kingdom of God uh, and doing great things. And how many of you would receive the blessing of God in your life so you could be a greater blessing to the kingdom of God? So let's let's trust God for that. And and in the letters, there's a couple of challenges that have to do with our facilities. But hey, we'll talk about that later. And so uh, I just wanted to uh, look back and see. For you to see what we've done and where we're headed, we've got some challenges, but man, I'm excited about the new year. I don't know if you are. I am really thrilled about what's uh, before us. With that in mind, everyone read this that's on the screen. Our perspectives about our past determine our progress in our future. Say it again. Our perspectives about our past. It's really true. Now, so I want to share with you today something that you can apply personally about your life. We've talked corporately about what God has done in, in and through our church. I want to give you some things for you that you can look back and then press forward. Now, uh, two passages of Scripture, you don't need to turn there. Isaiah 43, verse 18 through 21, the prophet says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old, Behold, I will do a new thing, says the Lord. How many of you have heard that passage of Scripture? It says, don't remember the former things. And then Paul comes along in Philippians 3.13. He said, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. And so there's an immediate quandary here because we've already looked back. And I'm, I'm talking about looking back and pressing forward. And so we have two passages of Scripture, which I embrace wholeheartedly, that tell us not to remember the former things nor consider the things of old, and forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. So what do we do with this little uh, little tension uh, uh, in Scripture here with looking back and pressing forward? Well, let me make this statement to you. The Bible isn't teaching us to wipe our memory of the things of yesterday. He's not saying forget everything that happened yesterday. That's not what he's teaching. In fact... If you go to Philippians chapter 3, the first verse, the verses right before Paul said, uh, forgetting those things which are behind, Paul lists all the things that he had accomplished in his past. He said, I was a Pharisee among Pharisees. I was found, and he just gave his credentials from his past. So we know from Paul's Philippians 3, when he said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are behind, he was not talking about wiping your memory banks clean. How many of you got that? Say, I got that, okay. 
And so we understand that uh, 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 very clearly. He's, in fact, the Old Testament taught the children of Israel to, to erect uh, memorials of remembrance of what God had done in their life. So understand the Bible isn't teaching us to wipe our memory banks clean of yesterday. So what is the, te- the Scripture teaching? It's teaching us to be careful not to let the past hinder us from our future. In fact, remember this one. Remember Lot's wife. What did Lot's wife do? She looked back, but she looked back with wrong intent. She looked back with the wrong motivation. She looked back in, 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 in blatant disobedience to the word of God for their moment. And she got turned into what? A pillar of salt. So understand something. Our pa- we've got to, when we look back, we've got to look back carefully. And we've got to be able to, uh, uh, to process the past rightly because if you're not careful, the past can paralyze you. If you're not careful, the past can persecute you and punish you. So we've got to take care with how we look back. But understand this. Our perspectives about our past determine our progress in our future. So we've got to look back carefully. Everybody say, look back carefully. And I want to give you three simple ways to view your past that will help you look back rightly to be able to process the past and be able to allow the past to, and in fact, benefit you toward the purposes of God for your life. And here they are. The first one is, uh, we should always view our past through the lens of God's grace. How many of you appreciate the grace of God in your life? Romans chapter 3 talks about the grace of God in our life. The unmerited favor of God in our life. And when we look back, we must look back through the lens of the grace of God and be able to process the good, the bad, and the ugly through the grace of God. Because understand something, it's by His grace. that, In fact, the Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. And so we understand, if you don't want the past to paralyze you, you've got to embrace the grace. Somebody say embrace the grace. And just thank, thank God for his unmerited favor. Let me ask you this question. Uh, as you look back on your past, how many of you understand, barring the grace of God in your life, you would have been in a world of hurt? Think about it. Had it not been for his mercy and grace, Somebody say, OMG. <laughs> We'd be in trouble, would we not? But God looked down because he loves us so much and he gave us his grace and, <coughs> pardon me, his unmerited favor to guard us and keep us. And so when you look back, just realize, hey, it's by his grace. I am what I am because of his grace. I've made it through what I've made it through because of his grace. It's because I'm justified by faith. But where did that faith come? God's grace just gave it to me. It's a gift from God. And so we embrace the grace. And when you look back at the past, if you'll look at even the failures, the mistakes of your past through the lens of grace, it'll take out the sting. It'll take out the pain. It'll take out the sorrow because you'll thank God for his grace. Amen. So we look back through the lens of his grace. And number two, we view our past through the lens of introspection. Everyone say introspection. 
It's an honest examination of yourself. We've got to be introspective. One of the problems I believe in America today, people aren't willing to look at themselves and examine themselves through the lens and the light of God's word and his will for their life. And introspection, when you look at the... At, at, the, at your past, you look back at 2013, we've got to become introspective and examine ourselves. In fact, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, but let a man examine himself. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Galatians 6, 4, but let each one examine his own work. Listen, we've got to look at our lives and put the microscope of God's word on our life and ask ourselves some poignant questions about how we lived our life last year how we modeled the, 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 the life of Christ and how, we, uh, uh, how well we did in being a real disciple of Jesus Christ. Hey, and if that bothers you with what the answers you come up with, it'll just give you a focus for your future as we talked about our spiritual growth and moving beyond. Hey, let me just say this. If you'll allow God the opportunity you can move beyond the roadblocks of life that have limited you all your life long. I believe that's the case. We've got to be honest. Have an honest, introspective approach to our lives. And ask ourselves the hard questions and look at our life. Because understand something, the Word of God will examine us. Some people said, that, you know, they said, well, let us uh, examine the scriptures. You ever heard anybody? He knows it. We're going to examine the scriptures. That's really not true. What we need to do is let the scriptures examine us. Amen. Because the word of God is true and righteous altogether. Amen. So we view our past through the lens of God's grace and we view our past. We look back through the lens of introspection and we learn where we stand and we, we have an honest assessment of what's going on in our life. And that'll, that'll position us towards a, a positive approach to our future. And then number three, we view our past through the lens of rejoicing. Now, let me explain this to you. Let me just read. I, I love um, Proverbs, uh, pardon me, Psalm 37. I want to read this to you. Uh, Psalm 37 kind of reveals a, a positive way we look at our life. And it, it really uh, inspires me uh, in my life where I am right now. It says this in verse 25. It says, I have been young and now I'm old. Does anybody here feel that way? In other words... I've got a past. I used to be young. Now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Now that scripture has nothing to do with rejoicing, but it does really have to do. I mean, we didn't have that word, but what's he saying here? Man, I look back on my life. I once was young and now I'm old and I can testify that God has never left me. He's never forsaken me, and it's the heart of rejoice. I just see a rejoicing heart, and I look back on my life, and I look back, and I think, oh, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for me, and the joy of the Lord that's in my life. I love what Paul the Apostle said as he came to the close of his life in 2 Timothy. I love this passage of Scripture uh, because, man, I want to tell you, if there's anybody finished well, it was Paul the Apostle. Look at this right here and notice how his past and his present and his future intermingle with a great, healthy, rejoicing tone. Look in verse 7. I'm going to walk you through this quickly. Uh, 2 Timothy 4, 7. He said, I'm already being poured out 
God as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight. How many of you know a, fi- a good fight is one you win? He's come to the close of his life and he fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only me, but all who love is appearing. And then in verse 9, down through verse 16, he talks about relationships and how he was hurt by certain relationships. And he says, Demas has forsaken me. Only Luke is with me. And then he he tells Mark, Uh, He tells Luke, bring Mark with me. He's useful to me. And Tychicus I've sent to Ephesus and bring the cloak I left at Carpus. You know what we're saying? It's pretty cold here in this jail. And he said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Beware of him. Verse 16, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. How many of you know, if you looked at that through the wrong lens, it would paralyze you spiritually? But look what Paul ends his life with. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now he's getting down to where, hey, I'm happy God took good care of me. And look what he said in verse 18. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know what Paul did? He looked at his past through the lens of rejoicing and realized though he had suffered pain and heartache and trouble and trauma that the Lord stood with him and the Lord delivered him out of the mouth of the lion and he said, and he will deliver me from every evil work. I stand here today just rejoicing in my life, looking back and pressing forward with the joy of the Lord in my heart. You gotta be careful how you look back because our perspective about our past determines the progress of our tomorrow. And so when we look back, we look back through the lens of God's grace and we look back through the lens of introspection and allow the searchlight of God to search our heart and see if there's any wicked way in us and to to fine tune who we are in Christ. And then number three, we look through the lens of rejoicing and just give him all the credit and all the glory. Somebody say amen. And then we press forward. We look back, but we continue pressing forward. Paul said, I press toward the toward the goal, towards the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, when you look to your future, you've got to also look through a particular lens of life. Let me share with you four quickly. The first one, of course, is this that we learn from Paul. We view our future through the lens of faith. We have confidence in God. That's what 2 Timothy 4.18 is all about. That's what he said. He said, hey, my God will deliver me from every evil work. He's going to take good care of me. I have faith in him. Listen, how do you view your future? Some people, I don't know. I'm I'm uncertain. Listen, that's a doubt and a fear. you got to look in your new year. you got to look at your future with a lens of faith and begin to put your trust in him. Begin to lean upon him. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. 
just begin to look into your new year and say, I'm looking through the lens of faith. I'm going to have faith in God over my finances. I'm going to have faith in God over my family. I'm going to have faith in God over my future. God's going to do great things in and through my life. I'm excited about the new year. I, hey, I'm looking back, but I'm pressing forward. And I thank God that he's going to do something dynamic in my life in 2014. Amen. <coughs> we look to our future through the lens of faith. We also look to our future through the lens of eternity. One of the big quandaries that I have, one of the big problems I have with our present day culture is our total disconnect from eternity. And my job as your pastor is to help keep you focused on the reality of the temporal nature of this world and the eternal nature of God in eternity with Christ. I want you to look in 2 Peter chapter 3. I want you to show, uh, uh, follow along with me uh, what Peter's doing. Peter gained an eternal perspective. And listen, as you press forward into eternity, it's not about the here and now. It's about the there and then. Look what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Did you know that's true? We live in a terminal world. Life on planet earth is terminal. You've seen the movies, you gotta know. Well, no, I've read the book and I know that planet Earth is terminal. Look at your neighbor with a sense of, of, of consternation. Work up a little consternation. Work up a little concern. And look somebody in the eye and tell them, life on planet Earth is terminal. That's kind of hard to do, isn't it? Especially, uh, I better stop. But let me, hey, let me be the one. Let me ring the alarm. Life on planet earth is terminal. Peter said this, it'll melt with a fervent heat. Verse 11, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Listen, we've got to look into our future through the lens of eternity and know we've got to live the life that God has for us to live. Looking for, everyone say looking for. Verse 12, see, most people aren't looking for this. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Everybody say, come Lord Jesus, just don't come today. Even so, come Lord Jesus, but I want to make a bunch of money and enjoy life before you come. Come on, let's be honest. If I were a betting man, and I'm not very much. If I were to make a wager today, I would wager that in this room, less than 1% of the people live with a sense of urgency about eternity. It has been washed out of our brain by, by, by um, the, the culture of our day, about the me, myself and I, and about get all you can and can the rest. But life on planet Earth is terminal, folks. We've got to look to our future with that understanding it ought to live in our hearts. Most people are living for the moment. Am I right? 
He said, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, see there, just because that's happening, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. I have a conflict with modern day culture in the church. Modern day culture in the church is about me, myself, and I. Most of the songs written are about how God makes me feel so good and how he blesses me so much. And hey, I appreciate that. I thank God for all he's done for me. But hey, somebody, I've already, I've already offered, see, I told you I wasn't a gambling man. I told somebody I'd give them $5 if you could give me a song that was written in the last five years that is popular today and is played on the radio that glorifies heaven, that we're all going to heaven one day and in the sweet by and by. And say, oh man, you know, it's about, I just, I just, I just need some help here. And by and large, Christian culture is disconnected from eternity. Could I get one more little meager amen and then I'll move on. And so in 2014, I want to keep you in contact with the reality that life on planet earth is, is terminal. And there's an urgency of the hour. Most people's life, there's no urgency of the hour. This could be the dawning of that grand and glorious day. When the face of Jesus I behold. Amen. Whew. Glory to God. When we look to our future, we should look through the lens of faith, look through the lens of eternity. And number three, we should look through the lens of purpose. God has a purpose for you being here. You're not here just to sit soaking sour. Look at your neighbor and say, we're not just supposed to sit soaking sour. God has a purpose for your life. We should look to the future about... And realize that God has a purpose for our life. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.9, He saved us and called us with His holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Before time began, God had a purpose for our life. And the purpose for our life here on planet Earth is not to get all I can and can the rest. It's about fulfilling His eternal purpose in the earth. It's about expanding the kingdom. And as we look to 2014 as a church and as, as individuals, we've got to posture ourselves smack dab in the middle of God's purposes for our life. And just make a, hey, if you're going to make a resolution, make this resolution. In 2014, I am resolute. I am committed. I am wholehearted. I am absolutely all in in the purpose of God for my life. I will not deviate. I will not hesitate. I will not be distracted to the left and the right. 2014, I'm going to do everything I can to fulfill his purposes in my life for his ultimate glory. Amen. We should look at life and future through the lens of faith, through the lens of eternity, through the lens of God's eternal purposes. And finally, and I'm going to close, we should view our future through the lens of endurance. You see, we've got to endure the process. Our future is bright, but it will not be easy. Look at your neighbor and say, our futures are bright, but they're not easy. It's swimming upstream, my friend. Understand this. This is, this is not, you know, putting it in neutral and coasting downhill. This is, this is endurance kind of living. 
Hebrews 10 says this, you have need for endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you can receive the promises. What's the writer of Hebrews saying? To fulfill God's will in our life, we've got to have endurance. Between here and there, listen, somebody look up and listen. Between here and there, we've got to endure the process. And what did Jesus, or pardon me, what did the Hebrews 12 say about Jesus? Looking unto Jesus, the author and our finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And what does that verse say? It says we've got to run our race with endurance. Look at somebody else one more time so you can't quit. We must endure. And so today as we come to the close of this service, but really the beginning of our new year, let me ask you this question. How are you viewing your past? And how are you viewing your future? What lens are you looking through? You see, understand this. Your perspective about your past is really a roadmap to your future. How you perceive your past determines the progress of your tomorrow. And so today, I call us to look back through the lens of God in our life. Look forward through the lens of God in our life. Let's position ourselves for our finest hour in 2014. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you today for all you've done. In fact, listen, I think all of us need to do this. I think we all need to begin to thank God for all the things he's done in our life this past year. In fact, I meant to say this earlier as we move into a time of prayer. I think all of us need to make a list, not our Christmas list, but a list of all the things God's done in our life and all the things he is doing in our life. And just to thank him for all those many blessings. But let's do that together right now. Let's look back and let's thank him for what he's done and is doing in our life. What he began in us in 2013 and things he accomplished. Lord, as a church, Lord, we thank you for being able to help the world with our monies. Lord, we thank you for being able to help people with water and giving them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for being able to support missionaries around the world who are witnessing your word all over this world. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for being able to touch thousands of people through the many multi-faceted different ministries, Lord, this past year right here in Southeast Texas. Lord, thank you for the seeds that have been sown in people's lives, Lord. We look back, Lord, and we thank Thank you. We look back through the lens of rejoicing. Lord, and we look back through the lens of introspection and we look back through the lens of grace and we thank you, Lord God, that you're taking good care of us. I want you to do that for just a second with your life. Do that with your life just for a moment. Just thank him for what he's doing and what he's done in your life, how he's changing things. Lord, I thank you for that. And we give you praise. And thank you, Jesus, for the future. We thank you for our future. Lord, we have faith. I want everyone to declare your faith in him right now. Lord, we have faith for our future.
We're going to trust you for our futures. We're not going to trust ourselves. We're not going to lean to our own understanding. We trust in the Lord and lean not to our own understanding. We look at our future through the lens of faith. But Lord, we also look at our future through the lens of eternity, knowing that life on planet Earth is terminal. God, awaken us to the reality of the temporal nature of this world. And Father, let us embrace and look at life through the lens of your eternal purposes. And Lord, let us look at life through the lens of endurance. Lord, let us keep on keeping and on. Lord, don't let our past paralyze us today, but Lord, let our past spark us to a new level of moving forward into the purposes of God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.